We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Keldez, we here with the old man, Andreas Hale. I want to start off by saying thank you to Conrad Thompson for our extra show this week. Always special to have a guest and one with as much wrestling knowledge as Conrad and to have him talk about everything he's doing at StarCast and him believing so much in us that he puts us there with wrestling with stereotypes. It's all so great, man. That, that guy's amazing. If you guys haven't, listen to that episode yet please go check it out it should pop up and appear right where this one did so take some time out and listen to that man conrad thompson is amazing but now we have our normal show and dre me and you have beef we do yep we got beef off rip and it's because you are not on board with this popeye's chicken sandwich oh jesus christ all right, you start. You got to be that guy. Don't be like pessimistic, Dre. Just it's there's a reason why there's lines. And then you went out, you had to do you subtweeted a chicken sandwich. It's like attacking a beehive at this point. Dog, come on, man. Listen, listen. So the chicken sandwich came back Sunday. Um yeah, we got a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about with Canelo and UFC and all that shit. But yeah, we we going to start this show off with the chicken sandwich. <laughs> listen. <laughs> So the chicken sandwich came back Sunday, and in my mind, at this point, there's no the chicken sandwich is not that good. Not and, and what I say by that good, what I mean is that good to get stabbed over. To what I mean is that good to be standing in line for over an hour. By that good, like I've seen the videos of people cutting each other off and drive. It's a chicken sandwich. Listen, man. 
This chicken sandwich is flames. It, it ain't that flames. I think we're at the point now where you can't say that it's not flames because if your ass is standing in line for an hour and you get the chicken sandwich and it's trash, you look like an idiot to go on social media. It's like, yo, this is trash. Some people have done that and say it's trash. I don't think it's trash. It's Popeyes. I, I just I just don't see it being that amazing. And it's and to spite all of that shit, I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday and had a spicy chicken sandwich because Chick-fil-A is right across here from my hotel out here in L.A. where I'm at for the Logan Paul KSI fight. And there was no line. And my spicy chicken sandwich was delicious. And I, I can't foresee that a Popeye's chicken sandwich is that remarkable where I have to stand in a long line for. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't want to. I don't I don't got time for that. Listen, I don't like standing in line at the club. I don't like standing in line anywhere. Like if there's a line like in and out is big in Vegas. And you know this because you live you lived there. <laughs> in and out always has a crazy line. If I drive by In and Out and I want an In and Out burger and I see that line and it's long, I'm not standing in it. I'm going home. It's just that's just what I do. I don't stand in line. The only time I've ever stood in line, and albeit briefly, and people are gonna say this is dating myself, PlayStation 2 came out. And there was a long line for that. I was like, yo, I'm gonna stand in this line. You wanna know what I did? This is what I did. I stood in line, I called one of the other stores. I, it's a guy. Just so happened, if anybody remembers the PlayStation 2 craze, it was ridiculous. Lines were out the door. People were getting bonked over the head and get their PlayStation stolen and shit. <laughs> so I was standing in line, and I decided to call the other stores in Vegas, and my wife was with me. And I had called, and the guy, he clicked. It seemed like he had clicked over because he thought it was somebody else. He was like, yes, yeah, sir. What's your name again? I have your PlayStation 2 right here. And I was like, oh, Andreas Hale, and I'm sending my wife to go get it. So I didn't even have to stand in line. My wife walked into the goddamn store, picked it up, and I think I stood in line for like 15 minutes just to make sure she got my PlayStation 2. That was for a PlayStation 2, which at the time was like a $400 system. I'm not standing in line for no goddamn chicken sandwich. One, you stole someone's PlayStation 2. This is what I get from your story. That was someone else's PlayStation 2. You swooped their spot in line and stole their PlayStation 2. Shamelessly, because... After I got the PlayStation 2 home, because, dude, I remember this, like, y'all know I'm a video game guy. I remember this brightest day because Madden came out. I think Eddie George was on the cover that year. Madden came out, and that was the hype that came with the PlayStation 2. And I remember I got home. I called in from work because I had a regular guy. I would think I worked at the bank or some shit as a call center guy or something. And some shit, whatever I was doing. I called in. I was sitting at home. I was hype. My wife went to work. I cracked open my Madden. I started playing it. This is this is how old this shit was because I had a we had an answer machine, and the phone was ringing. I was like, I ain't answering that shit. I'm at home playing Madden. Fuck whoever's calling. It was GameStop. Hello, this is GameStop. We think you got somebody else's PlayStation. I looked at that shit. <laughs> I deleted that message immediately with no remorse and kept playing Madden. I didn't <laughs> care. <laughs> well, you're cold blooded, dude. <laughs> The chicken sandwich is not four hundred dollars; it's three dollars, and that's what adds to the appeal. No, oh, you man, get this amazing sandwich. morsel of chicken it's and chicken. this pillowy soft bread for three dollars. Now you got to get extra sauce, pickles, and then sweet heat on the side. If you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. So when you sooner or later cave to eating this chicken sandwich, make sure you order it the right way. It's not caving. Listen, if I drive by Popeyes and there's like three cars, I'm going to get the chicken sandwich. I'm just not going out of my way to stand in somebody's line for a piece of chicken on bread. 
I, I know it's probably good and I'll eat it and be like, yeah, well, that was good. But there's nothing in this world to me that is worth possibly getting stabbed over or standing in line. I got things to do, man. I, One I mean, person got stabbed. One person got stabbed. How many do it take? How many people do it take to get stabbed at a damn fast food place for a chicken sandwich? I'll say this. In Vegas, did you used to go to MLK parade? Yeah, but I never stood in line. <laughs> I didn't, I don't, well, people were getting stabbed and shot. Yeah, but dog, that's so different. That's like me. Like it's so different because it's like it's again, you're going out of your way to stand in a line where people are getting hostile over a three dollar piece of chicken on bread. I'm cool, man. It's not that serious. I'm gonna get I it. I went, I got two, and it was a very pleasant experience. I threw on a podcast, I went through the drive through. Takes about 40, 45 minutes. Nope. Listen to a whole podcast episode. It's all right. I listen to my Yankee. I listen to the Yankees podcast I listen to. It's like BP uh, Yankees podcast. And you know what? I felt better about my team heading into the offseason. I, I heard about us getting some pitching, maybe spending money on Garrett Cole. And then, you know what? By the time I looked up, I'm at the front window. They got my two sandwiches and my dirty rice ready. How long did it take you to eat those chicken sandwiches? Probably 10 minutes. All right. If I got to stand in line for something longer than it's going to take for me to eat it, I'm good. Unless I'm going to like a restaurant with like a steak. That's what I'm saying, man. You don't stand in line for a steak. It's a chicken sandwich. It's a chicken no, sandwich. Oh, you don't stand in line for a steak, but I've waited a while for a steak. But yeah, but you're at a restaurant. It's a pleasant setting. You ain't st- you ain't waiting in line like you're, you're enjoying maybe a glass of wine, some appetizers. You ain't getting none of that shit. All you're doing is standing in line at Popeye's and get, waiting to be told that they're out of something. I'm good. Bougie palette, Andres. Yo, I, you know what? I found that out <laughs> the other day. Before we get into the show, I found it the other day. I went with my wife to one of her law school friends' house. And they had a bar, right? And this, this is going to sound really bad, but I, me and my wife both realized this at this very moment. So we get to the, the, the house. It was a Halloween thing. And her friend was having a... Uh, they, would, it was, they would use some Ouija board. They were black, but they were using like Ouija boards and shit. It was just like some comedy shit. So I got over there. And I'm like, all right, cool. Never met these people before in my life. Law school students. Whatever. They had a bar. And it was like, you want something to drink? I'm like, what do you got? And then there was a point at the bar. So I walked over to the bar. I see uh, Jose Cuervo Gold, E&J, um, some cheap vodka, and something else. And I was like, nope, I'm good. And my wife looked. Law school is expensive, my man. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm just saying. My wife looked, and she looked at me. And I, we both had the same look in our eyes. It was like, we're bougie. Because I was like, yo, I'm not getting a headache over that shit. I'm not drinking that shit. I'm going to get my stomach hurting. Like, I'm all right. And the guy was like, you sure you don't want anything to drink? I was like, no, nah, man. He was like, you don't drink? I was like, I do, but not tonight. Because I, I just, like, E and J, E and J, like, if it Take you back to your roots. That's what I'm saying. Like, I see, like, the meme of the Bacardi 151 talking about what, what do you remember about this? Dog, I remember almost dying drinking that shit. I don't want to revisit that part of my life. I've accelerated past that part. I have worked hard to get past that. All this to say, I'm not standing in fucking line for a Popeye's chicken sandwich. One, for the people listening, Dre has one of the craziest bar setups you'll ever see in your life. For like a home bar, he put, I'd say, 75% of actual bars to shame. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so every time that you guys hear me going over there to watch wrestling or like 
huge events. I, probably this year, if we don't go to Survivor Series or something, I think I'll be in town. I'll go over there. And instead of staying in a hotel, I'll chill with Dre. He has the incredible big screen. And I drink the whole time. And I try everything. Because I'd be like, yo, you, you know what? Yeah, I've been drinking gin. He's like, gin? Hold on. And he goes and he rummages through this bar. He's like, yo, I had this bottle. He takes two sips out of every bottle. And just that's it. And he'll have a bottle for like five years of like some crazy $180 gin that like barely been touched. I'm just like, he's like, yo, just have it. Have some of it. I'm like, yo, with him. No, this is a crazy amount, just crazy bottles, a skull. It's it's <laughs> incredible. Whatever you drink, this man has. So I understand you being bougie <laughs> in regards to drinking, but sometimes. You just got to dial it back. Like the chicken sandwich, it's okay that you're the brunch god, that you do brunch every Sunday. You know, I still hate you for buying that Magnum bottle of champagne mm. to settle our bet. But I understand where you're coming from. But every now and then, you have to enjoy a $3 sandwich. But Same I way, am. Every now and then, I'm you got to drink Bacardi 151. No, 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 no. I'm not drinking 151. Every I'm, year on my birthday, I have a bottle of 151. I pop off the, the safety cap. And it takes me back to my roots. I feel extra Puerto Rican when I'm drinking it. It's the first thing I ever drunk in life. So the first time I ever had a drink, it was of 151. Um, and a lot of it, we were just trashed and fucked up. But during high school, all we drank was 151 and Everclear. No one liked beer yet. No one was drinking wine. So all we drank at parties was 151 and Everclear. So I kind of like it. Ugh, no way. Like, yeah, listen. We'll put a button on this. I'm going to eat the chicken sandwich. If I go by Popeye's and there's a short line, I will get it. I am but just that's not going to happy. Okay. Are well, you going to find Popeye's with three people in line? Listen, sooner or later, like the PlayStation 2, sooner or later, the demand is going to get lesser because everybody's had one. And they'll eventually not be a line as long, right? You'll be able to find a PlayStation 2 just like you'll be able to find a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Then I'll have it. I'm what not missing mean, out on it. Wait 15 minutes? Well, I wait 15 minutes. If, dog, if there is a line, I won't go. I won't go anywhere with the line. It, it has to be as comfortable for me to purchase it as anything else, and then I'll go buy it. I might stay in, like I said. I could tell you've been bougie. This is how I know, one, you've worked in the music industry forever, because you don't stand in line at clubs. You always had or knew people in New York, Vegas, and L.A., so you've been bougie forever and spoiled off of this. Not that I stand in line at clubs. I also refuse. I don't go to a club unless I have a table either. Because I'm not standing for six hours. But you're equally as bougie. And that's how I know. Like, you don't stand in line at clubs. Sometimes you go to Disney World and buy the Fast Pass. No, but see, this is, this is the thing. Oh, see, there you go. But this Finally, is the thing. Well, welcome back to normal culture. But this is the thing. Like, I don't stand. Like, what happens in my life is I have learned to know what. Uh, I'm doing with what I've done with my life and what I've earned, right? So it's like, I used to stand in line at the club, not anymore. I used to stand up in the club, not anymore. I'm too old for that shit. At a certain point, you just get too old. Like, your time is too valuable to be doing bullshit. And my time is too valuable to stand in line for a chicken sandwich. So, But you'll stand in line at Disney World. Yeah, if I'm, if that's for my daughter. That's so much different. Selfishly, you went, by, went by yourself. Like, and you know what I did at Disneyland? I bring my, cousin, my niece and my nephew, and I make them stand in line. <laughs> and I take off with my own thing. Cold-blooded. Yeah. You're a cold-blooded man. All right. I see how this goes. One fight, though, I meant to tell you. We'll tell everyone on air as we move along. 
one the next fight in LA should have been this one. We got to go out and I have my Disneyland passes. We have to take the little one to Disneyland. Mm. So you, your wife, me, the little one, my wife, we go. I got five passes. Might as well use them. Yeah, well, I'm down for that because we got to take my daughter back to uh, Disneyland. Yeah. Um, what else? Ooh, you know what? If your wife goes to WrestleMania this year, that might be a possibility. Orlando's she, right there. She's not going. <laughs> I'll tell you that she, right now. She went one year and chilled at a hotel. We found other cool stuff to do. Yeah, but I got my daughter now. She don't want to sit like she doesn't want to sit in a hotel room confined with my daughter for an extended period of time while I'm out doing what I'm doing. Is she rather be at home with the option to move my daughter around? Like being stuck in a hotel room is not her speed. Yeah, no, I'm gonna talk to her. Four days at Disney World is quite appealing. Well, like, we yo, swipe, swipe you guys in every day. <laughs> all the all the men, we're going to watch indie wrestling. All the women, I'll swipe you guys in. Enjoy. <laughs> We'll talk about that from the offline. Let's get on with the show, man. Uh, yeah, we gotta talk about boxing and what's happening this week. Uh, KSI Logan Paul, you're at that fight, and I feel like we'll talk about this first before the Canelo Kovalev fight, just because I want to get like the shenanigans out of the way. So Logan Paul, and I saw his training videos. We just did uh, a piece with him on ESPN Digital, so we did a full interview. They sent back like B-roll and pictures. He looks the part. You know, we, we've, I've been to a million open workouts at this point. I've been to a ton of these, uh, what, training days, media days that they have and hold. You know what? He looks like an athlete. He's yeah. still a young kid. He, he's a guy who's probably athletic. He looks the part. Do you think this will lead to a better fight? The first one was kind of whack. The first one was a farce. He didn't look like that, though. Now he looks completely different. KSI, to me, kind of looks the same. I think going into this fight, Logan Paul might ransack him, and then we have to start talking about, is this kid going to be a fighter and not a YouTuber? Um, first question, first answer, no. Uh, I think a you lot look good. of... Yeah, I mean, anybody looks good, you know, when they're training with... Like, you're training with Shannon Bray. So, like, for the background <laughs> on this, obviously... Uh, Logan Paul and KSI had their little amateur fight. They had headgear on. Um, KSI had actually been training for like uh, 18 months, and Logan Paul trained for three. And most of the people listening to this right now are like, who the fuck are these guys? They're YouTube celebrities. They get, make like a ton of money. That first fight, I'll tell you this, without revealing our numbers over at The Zone, already the, the pieces that we've done just on how to watch like, we do SEO pieces on how to watch fights on the zone. So we had how to watch Canelo and Kovalev did a certain number. In one day, how to watch Logan Paul versus KSI 2 did three times as much as Canelo Kovalev in the entire week. In one day. That's how big this fight is to a community of people who don't give a shit about boxing, but love those two YouTube guys. So, back to what you're asking. I don't think Logan Paul is going to be like a for real fighter. Um, but I do think this fight's going to be interesting because if Logan Paul has learned how to like throw a punch, because th there's no headgear, so it might be the first guy to get really get hit in the face goes to sleep. <laughs> it's very possible. So I, I don't know what to make of it. I know Shannon Briggs has spent a lot of time with Logan Paul, um, and I know KSI. What an odd choice, right? Why choose Shannon Briggs? Because it's YouTube, man, and it's about clicks. And I don't even know how much it's about training. Like Logan Paul spent a great deal of time, like 
circling the ring and showing off his footwork yesterday. And I was just like, so? And But when I think about it, I'm like, all that training, like, there's a, there's a few things that they're going to learn, which is how to block a punch, how to shoot a jab, and how to counter, and, uh, you know, how to not cross your feet up. And that's kind of all they really need to know before they head into this boxing match. Anything else, like, you know, throwing, like, one, two, threes and body hook combinations, none of that shit's going to fly when the fight <laughs> actually happens. No, I want to see him go full Lomachenko. Yeah, like, none of that Cutting off the happen. ring, slipping, slipping punches. So... <laughs> Ultimately, like this fight is going to do extraordinarily well on the platform. People are going to watch it. Um, and, you know, we tried and I say we, but it's like Eddie Hearn really tried to stick in some, you know, real fighters on the undercard so people can get exposed to a Devin Haney who fights on, in the co-main event and Billy Joe Saunders, who was a possible Canelo opponent. Um, so that, that's the plan is to YouTube, you, YouTubers watching this fight subscribe and then they get exposed to, oh, this guy can actually fight Devin Haney or this guy, Billy Joe Saunders. And, you know, there's a, we're trying to bridge the gap. I don't know if it's going to work like the Venice Beach workouts yesterday. It was a lot of kids and chasing after cars. It was crazy. I've never seen no shit like this. I don't know what to expect, but we're here for it. I just don't think after this, Logan Paul is going to be like a professional fighter. It sounds like a Backstreet Boys concert. People chasing after the cars. Yeah. But you you look at it. The only other problem that I see is the market is a ton of kids who are YouTube savvy, who are technology savvy. Wouldn't they just all stream it? You would think someone would just put that shit on Twitch and they all find the feed or on YouTube or like these kids are more technologically savvy than a lot of us older people. So like, are they subscribing to the zone for, you know, obviously your pockets, I hope they do, but I'm just wondering like, yo, these are the kids that, I don't, I don't know. Torrents are still a thing, I guess. Like, they're going to find some way to stream this shit, I'm guessing. So, yeah, it's a good question because, yeah, they are savvy. But if you think about it, pirating is just something that's going to happen. Um, people are going to steal the shit. And we've come to expect that. And it's, it's weird because kids that actually really support Logan Paul and KSI, uh, my nephew was like one of them. He wanted, like, a Logan Paul hoodie. He wanted, like, all this Logan Paul stuff. He'll pirate and steal everything else. But when it comes <laughs> not to that Logan, merch, though. No, not like he won't. Like he will. He'll want to pay to watch that fight. He's not. He's too cool <laughs> right now. He's he's thirteen. He doesn't give a shit about Logan Paul anymore. But <laughs> when he was in his heyday of Logan Paul love, he was like, I'm, I want to pay for this. Like he was like one of the Fortnite kids. I want to pay for like a skin or whatever. So we fully expect that there's gonna be some pirating. But the the windfall of people that are gonna watch this fight, like. It's going to be our big it's it could be our biggest fight of the year which is sounds fucking ridiculous but it very well could we have two canelo fights this year yeah we had a joshua ruiz one we're about to have joshua ruiz two yeah we have the two canelo fights um the, and, i mean there's we've had a lot the wba says like there's a lot of shit for boxing fans but this is the this is a fight that's not for boxing fans this is for people who are fans of those guys so we'll see what happens crazy uh let's talk about canelo kovalev though because we did have that fight. Canelo dared to be great and move up two weight divisions to 175 to fight what could be a shop Warren Kovalev. But the fight itself turned out to be pretty good until it wasn't. <laughs> right? Like, it, it happened that quick. It was, yo, Kovalev's actually in this fight. Wait, who's winning? I know you had Canelo up a couple rounds. But there's mm-hmm. some people who had Kovalev up. 
Yeah. Maybe by around it was a, it was a swing fight. The judges on the cards, Barrett one had a draw, I believe, and Canelo was up by one round on the other two with two rounds to go. Like anything could have happened in that fight. Kovalev could have still won. He was looking good. And then Canelo remembered, you know what? I should probably hit him in the jaw. It was nine rounds of body punches, one round of a combination to the head, and lights out for Kovalev. I was surprised to see Kovalev not get up from it. And to see Canelo not only transfer power, but it's so hard to one-punch knockout someone in boxing. He did that after jumping 15 pounds. That's, That's crazy to me. Yeah, so one thing I want to dispel off the bat is people saying that Kovalev took a dive. That's fucking ridiculous. What? What? Um, There's so much money in him winning that fight? Never. Well, not only that. I mean, if you're going to take a dive, you are you know, you have to go back to Ali's sunny listing where the phantom punch. You'd be like, oh, yeah, he took a dive. This you think you know, listen took a dive? There's like a special coming up, I think, on Netflix or there something is, like that on sunny listing. I think it's complicated with sunny listing. And there's a lot of things. As much as I've read up on Ali and what happened that night— it's really complicated. And I, to this day, I don't really know. Like, I think he went down and didn't want to get up. I don't think he expected to go down. But then once he was down there, I think he was like, well, fuck it. I'm down here. <laughs> but, it, for, but see, he didn't take, like, an earth-shattering punch. What Canelo hit Kovalev did with, because after the left hook jarred him and got him stumbling because he hit him right at the temple, Canelo was patient and shot a straight right hand on the chin that would have knocked anybody the fuck out. And if you're taking outside dive, of Golovkin, yeah, outside of Golovkin, if you're <laughs> if you're a man taking a dive, you don't want to go to the hospital for taking a dive and possibly be concussed. That's yeah. that's not how you take a dive. So people were asking, well, why did Kovalev fight like that? Now I'm gonna tell you why. Because guys, I was sat down on fighter meetings. I was around. I was kind of sort of around Canelo, but he's you know su- super 365 million dollar man, so you don't really get to <laughs> spend time with him. But I got to spend some time with Kovalev and Buddy McGirt, and McGirt said. All week, I'm taking Kovalev back to his amateur roots, where he's going to use the jab and his activity and not try to be the crusher, but to be a smart crusher, which means he's going to try to set up the big punches because we know that Canelo is great defensively, which Mm -hmm. translated into I'm going to use my jab and fight an amateur style fight and try to win on points. And if the opening comes up for the knockout, I'll take it. But I'm not going to come out there trying to knock out Canelo. And on one hand, what we asked in the fighter meetings was... Is that a good idea? Because can you possibly win a decision in Vegas? Right. And Kovalev said, you know, it's not my concern. I need to fight a smart fight. I can't fight a dumb fight because that's what got me fucked. Basically, that's what got me fucked up against Andre Ward and leader Alvarez. And Buddy McGirt got me back on track by using my jab. So the weird thing about this fight was a lot of people thought Canelo using body work was going to stop Kovalev. And like you just mentioned, that's not what happened. And but the even stranger thing was Kovalev was fighting the little man's fight. While Canelo was fighting the big man's fight, Kovalev was using the jab, movement, trying to score points rather than hurt him. Meanwhile, Canelo's like launching the kitchen sink at him, pot <laughs> shot, not really putting a lot of punches together, which led to a lot of people giving Kovalev those early rounds due to activity. Whereas Canelo wasn't landing the big, like he would land a couple of big shots, but Kovalev was just a lot more active until Canelo caught him. I had Canelo winning, but I could totally see how Kovalev was winning that fight because he was just really active. He didn't fight a bad fight. He just got caught with a bad one. And that's yeah. okay. And, and the jaw isn't the same. No, it's not the same. So 
kudos to Canelo. It was we, it's, it was a very strange fight with very strange circumstances with both those guys having to sit on the couch, which we'll talk about in a little bit with the UFC card being shown in the arena in one of the most mind-boggling things I've ever seen in my life. Um, but it, it was an interesting night of fights, but I think it also leads to, I guess what we can head to is uh, Canelo is the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, and I think anybody who questions this is silly. I was shocked to wake up the next day and in my work emails they did a poll and Canelo didn't move up at all. Like we we have like what our two writers on air people, um a couple of boxing editors and all vote for the ESPN pound for pound rankings. And when I looked at it, Canelo got I think maybe two more first place votes than he had before. Still couldn't jump Lomachenko. Still couldn't jump Terrence Crawford in the rankings. He is third on our ESPN pound for pound list. And this is crazy to me because Lomachenko jumped one weight class and struggled. Not struggled, but he wasn't himself. It took him longer. The, The combinations weren't as as fluid he got hit a lot more stuff you expect when people go up a weight division Canelo went up two got hit less and stopped a guy with one punch I know Crawford is a three division champion and he's looked really good in dominate at 147 but would he look that way at 154 like Canelo's four divisions one division he didn't even have a championship in I believe so like you look at a guy who at 1.47, I think, when he cracked in. Mm-hmm. So 47, 54, 60, 68, 175. Like, that's astronomical. And to keep the power all the way through, that's Manny Pacquiao levels. Yeah, and, and you're right. And so there's a couple things when people try to make this argument about. It's weird because I'm one of those guys who had Canelo losing both fights to Golovkin. But. Only two people in boxing history have won a title at welterweight and light heavyweight. Canelo Alvarez, Sugar Ray Leonard. That's it. Nobody mm. else. The other thing is, you look at Lomachenko's record. He has a loss to Orlando Salido. It was his second professional fight, but he fucking lost. That matters when we're talking about this. Terrence Crawford, undefeated. Who the fuck has he fought? And, and it's a legitimate question because it's that like is a Yuri, legit question. It's like Yuri Elkis Gamboa, Hammer and Hank Lundy, a washed up Amir Khan, um, Jose Benavidez. What? Canelo's resume: two Golovkin fights, Kovalev, Miguel Cotto, Shane Mosley. Uh, lost to Floyd Mayweather, um, Arisandi Lara. I mean, and then you got guys like Angulo and Julio Cesar Chavez, which people will say those guys should watch. But look who Terrence Crawford has fought. Not to say Jacobs. You didn't even mention Jacobs. I forgot Jacob. about Danny Jacobs. Danny <laughs> Jacobs, who a lot of people thought beat Gennady Golovkin. Canelo has fought everybody. And again, I said this last week. I was not a believer in Canelo. I thought Triple G was going to steamroll him, and that that didn't happen. And that made me a believer. And now, as time progresses, I'm looking at this man's resume, and I'm saying, how could you put Lomachenko, who got knocked down against Linares? Knocked down against Linares, who's not a pound-for-pound guy. Yes, he won the fight. He looked, he looked great other than that. And you got Crawford, who has never fought a pound-for-pound guy. He looks great. He's never fought a pound-for-pound guy. Canelo has fought 
Shane Mosley once upon a time was a number one pound for pound guy. Yes, he was washed up. But he was but Mosley was coming off of the Margarito fight where he shocked the world when he fought him. Miguel Cotto was coming off the Floyd Mayweather fight where Miguel Cotto gave Floyd Mayweather hell. So he wasn't washed up. Even Austin Trout, people are like, who the fuck is Austin Trout? Austin Trout beat Miguel Cotto, who had, who had gave Floyd Mayweather hell. This is not Canelo fighting just a ton of washed up people. He's fighting a lot of people coming off of big wins or in their peak. And people like they're undersized, this, that, and third. Look, man, I love Floyd Mayweather, but let's be real. He, fought, he drained the shit out of Canelo. He's fought a lot of people. He, in, in, he's been in an advantageous position when he took those fights. Canelo's yep. learned how to do the same thing. And if we're not going to knock Floyd for it, you damn sure can't knock Canelo about it. Until Terrence Crawford finds a way to cross the street to fight a Sean Porter, who was on my flight yesterday, um, <laughs> Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, an elite 147 powder. Dude, Me Machine ain't it. it, it he ain't it. Me Machine looked terrible against Ray Robinson. So Canelo's your number one pound for pound guy. It's, 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 unless Lomachenko fights like Tank or Haney. And even if he fought Haney, people would be like, Haney's too young. So he has to fight somebody like Tank or another another elite guy. You know, even a Teofimo Lopez if he gets back. Yeah. He, you, can't, you can't say he's better than Canelo. I just don't see it. I don't see how people are doing this. And I feel like at this point, it's because people just don't like Canelo. Yeah, I don't think anyone can catch Canelo in terms of resume at this point. And that's just the truth. Like, he's so far in ahead on level of competition that you can't catch him. You you have to be more impressive in your victories. But then even then, it's against who? The only person I think could pass Canelo number one pound for pound, uh, you know, without Canelo losing, that is, would be... Ah, uh, man, it'd have to be one of heavyweights. Like, Wilder would have to take out Fury, Ruiz, and then maybe he'd be number one pound for pound. And that's even a big maybe because it's like, well, does he have world titles? And that's the, the deficiency of being a heavyweight because it's not like you fight for multiple world titles because you can't go up after that. But look, Canelo's got world titles in four different weight classes. And the 168 is a regular title, which doesn't make it a major title because he beat Rocky Fielding first, so who cares? But yeah. and I, I, I foresee Canelo going to fight at 168 uh, to fight Callum Smith. I think that's the, the smart next move for Canelo. We'll see if it happens. But, dog, it's just... Unless Canelo looks bad in a fight or loses, I, I don't see how you put anybody else above him. Unless one of those guys, unless Crawford beats Errol Spence, I just can't put him past Canelo. I can't do it. My only thing, my only way of thinking that why people would keep him out of the number one slot is because they think he didn't actually beat Triple G. Yeah. That's I, I understand. Like I, My two eyes say he lost the first and had a draw in the second. But that's not what is on the scorecards. So how do you hold that against him? Hey, man, like a lot of people thought Floyd Mayweather lost to Jose Luis Castillo the first fight. And nobody's holding it against him now. The record yeah. books are the record books, and that's what they are. So there's that. All right. Um, let's move on to UFC. Oh, real quick. I hope everybody saw, because I do shit for the culture. I brought Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, and like TDE to the fight. So... We're trying to do this because, you know, trying to make things big. And also, before we also move on to wrestling, Ryan Garcia looked amazing against Duno with the first-round knockout. I'm very curious to see what he has to offer, but I will talk about that more about that later. Yeah, Ryan Garcia did look really good. Yeah, I saw you in the middle of the, the TDE imprint at the fights. 
Schoolboy Q always looks like Schoolboy Q, no matter where he's at, always dresses the same. He (laughs) has just a universal look. Like, he could go to the White House. Q's going to wear the same shit. It's so, so crazy. And uh, talking about that, you guys were at the boxing match, but watching UFC 244 because they held off the boxing fight until the BMF title was over. Um, man, I, I'm not going to disparage my company right now, but I am going to say this. If this was a decision that was going to be made, and I'm not going to talk about any insider information um, because there a lot of people hated that this decision was made. A lot of people were pissed off. And I get it, because if you're just a boxer fan on the East Coast and you don't give a shit about the UFC, you wanted to watch Canelo at a reasonable hour, and you didn't get that chance to. Um, but there were a lot of people who wanted to see both fights, and they were happy with it. So you, you were never going to win either way. But I will say this. If you're going to make a decision to have a guy who is a so-called guy who doesn't move the needle in Nate Diaz push your $365 million man and make him wait on a couch till you fight, you make that decision way before Saturday night. You make that decision knowing the UFC is putting on this card. You say, you know what? How about we just start our card early so we don't even have to compete with them? But when you make a, a reaction decision like that, even if you mean well, which I think as a company we meant well because we wanted to please fight fans, it looks bad. The optics are just bad because you're making it seem like the UFC is a priority. You, you should have made a decision where you didn't have the competition earlier. That, and that's all I got to say about that. It was a fucking weird thing to see. <laughs> but we ended up watching it. And, I mean, all the numbers say that people loved or were really looking forward to UFC 244, right? It was trending in all the right directions. People were hyped to see it. It had a really good main card. Uh, to go through real quick, Kevin Lee. And this was a trend all night. Kind of the prospects of the night were halted. So Kevin Lee, Gregor Gillespie gets promoted to the main pay-per-view card, opens it up, and Kevin Lee lands one of the nastiest head kick knockouts you'll ever see. And now he's back in contention, or you know, at least in the top 10 of the division. And Gillespie, 13-0 start to his MMA career is over just like that. Man, yeah, that was one of the sickest knockouts you're gonna see. And I picked Gillespie to win. I thought he was gonna wrap up Lee and submit him, but that clearly didn't happen. Kevin Lee, violent ass knockout, good for him. Yeah, it was a night where I was wrong about a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> TriStar was... Kevin Lee is going to be a problem. Clearly. Um, Derek Lewis winning a decision. I would have been wrong about that. I thought Derek Lewis was going to win. This going to distance surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I watched it. Like, it was running around at Canelo fight, but I, I watched the entirety of the UFC car, except for a lot of the Wonder Boy fight. But Derek Lewis winning the decision against uh, Blackoff is it was, it was good for him. Um, he looked lean. Um, he proved he can win a decision. All right, let's see what happens now in this weird heavyweight division. Yes. The best thing that can happen is Greg Hardy go out, win his next fight, which he's a late replacement for someone here in December. I forgot who it is. But he took a, a late replacement fight. Greg Hardy goes out there for some reason, wins. We get Black Beast versus Greg Hardy. Oh, I'm here for that. Be so perfect. Then we have Steven Thompson that you just mentioned versus Vincente Luque. Vincente is was, you know, kind of hot coming into this fight. People really thought this would be good. Steven Thompson has kind of been, I guess, just no killer instinct. It's been a weird space for him. 
I believe, entered this fight on two-fight losing streak, but looked very good, and it proves, again, you don't want to get into a chess match with Steven Thompson, especially only for three rounds. The fights he lost, a lot of times go five rounds. You can catch him sooner or later. This was too short to even get your game plan off and score against one of the best kickboxers in history. Yeah, and, you know, one of those guys who swore that Wonderboy was going to be a world champion, and it didn't happen against Woodley. Um, But, yeah, you can't play chess with a guy like that. You just can't. You know, you have to find a way to violently knock him out. If you stand at a distance, he's going to pick you apart. And Wonderboy did what he had to do. Um, And I just want to jump back a little bit because I know we're moving up the main card, but Johnny Walker got knocked the fuck out. Oh, another one, right? Another prospect, Corey Anderson, with the worst dance moves I've ever seen inside of an octagon. It was just hype. (laughs) You want to see a black man with no rhythm? I say meet Mr. Anderson. It was horrible celebrating, but I get it. He was hyped. He thought he was doubted the whole week. The hype train was for Johnny Walker and for good reason. But Corey Anderson came out and starched him. Walker, to his credit, never fell. He had one hell of a chin, but he was a rat. Yeah, I mean, that, it, my God. Because we all picked Johnny Walker to beat. I don't think anybody was like, oh, yeah, Corey Anderson doesn't win this fight. But now the 205 division is an absolute mess. It's Dominic Reyes, and that's it for John Jones. There's nobody else there. Why well, I guess Corey Anderson. <laughs> Corey, eventually, I mean, right? Come on, man. You beat Johnny Walker, who had barely just cracked the top 15. That's not going to get you a title shot. You got a yeah, way to go. I don't know who else there is. Um, by the way, on the undercard, Edmund Shabazian looked great again. So I had to keep a uh, person to keep your eye on. 11 and oh, he looks amazing, catapulting into the top 10, I believe. So he's looking like another young guy with uh, on the rise to the UFC. Co-main, Gaslam versus Till. If you would have told me this would be the most boring fight in the night, I would have not believed you at all. I would have bet money that this fight was going to have fireworks. I thought Darren Till was actually going to get knocked out by Gaslam. And Till came out, he was more composed. He picked his shots and won a hard-fought decision against Kelvin Gaslam, who's, what, one fight removed from a title fight. Yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, Darren Till is Darren Till. I, I don't know. Hopefully this gets him to have better fights, but it makes the middleweight division a little bit more interesting. Yeah, that's a convoluted division. There's a lot of contenders, but simultaneously no contenders for Israel Adesanya. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, Borachina being injured just completely tears everything up because now who does he fight? He wants to go over Romero. The guy's on, I believe, a two-fight losing streak. Darren Till just got there, so now you can't even run back the Kelvin Gaslam fight. There's options, but none of them really seem to make sense. No. Perfect time to go up and challenge John Jones. So we go into the main event for the BMF title presented by the great one, The Rock, and all the pageantry, the spectacle, the flair, it was all there. The fight ended kind of on a sour note with the doctor stopping it because of a cut to Nate Diaz's eye. But don't get me wrong, it wasn't even close while it was going on. Masvidal was putting hands on Nate and was running away with the fight. And Nate's not a knockout artist, so I don't know how it would have ended any differently if you gave him two more rounds. Yeah, you know what this was? This was the uh, the false count anywhere match or the hell in the cell match with the fiend and Seth Rollins ends in the DQ. 
Like, this yep. is what it was. You have a bad motherfucking title fight that ends in on cuts. But while it's happening, look, I picked Masvidal to win. I did. And I kept ebbing a little bit towards Nate towards the end, but I, I stuck with Masvidal. And because I thought he'd th- throw sharper punches and harder punches. And man, he beat the shit out of Nate Diaz. I don't know. Those was, body kicks were fucking vicious. I don't see any way that Nate could have won that fight. He was getting destroyed. And uh, yeah, man, Masvidal, you know, he's he's deserving of a title opportunity. Like, forget the people talk about the Connor fight. He's even talking about fighting Canelo, which is ridiculous. And we don't even have time to get into that this week. But uh, listen, the only thing he should be aiming for is the winner of Usman versus Covington. That's it. There's nothing else. I think that's where he goes. I think Dana knows it. I think everyone else knows it. It's his job to promote himself for other things and to stay inside the news cycle. But I, I think everyone knows, like, okay, you have this BMF title. Go and get the real title. And then we'll worry about super fights and other matchups and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's it. Like, just put him. He's he needs to be in Vegas for the Usman Covington fight, and he fights the winner. And if it's Covington, you know how big that fight is. It's weird because Covington's he's actually good. But if he wins and they they were former teammates who now hate each other, oh man, that's a huge fight. That's gonna be so crazy. But you know who wins no matter what if they fight? Maga. Trump wins. <laughs> Dude. Two Trump supporters, which is odd, but Masvidal is is an odd cat. Uh, let's go into wrestling real quick before we wrap up this show. Crown Jewel happened, so we saw a squash match by Lesnar on Kay Velasquez. I'm still trying to make sense of this. Somehow <laughs> that just led to Rey Mysterio beating the shit out of Brock, and then those two are now feuding into Survivor Series, but we haven't heard from Kane. Kane got squashed and bounced. I don't know how that helps a guy that you just broke the bank for. I do. I, I don't know. I feel like they may have purchased a lemon. There's rumors that, that uh, Velasquez needs surgery again on his knee. I don't know if that's true or not. And I honestly, I have no idea. But if that's true, that's the worst lemon that you just purchased. Um, because it's supposed to be a long-term deal. It just doesn't seem like it'll be that way. I think the match itself was smart. The way they handled it is more like an MMA fight. But for Kane to tap out to a Kimura was just stupid. And there's there's no forgiveness for that. It's just like, dude, you beat the shit out of Lesnar 10 years ago, and you're going to tap in a few minutes to a Kimura? Nah, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the best wrestlers in MMA history. Yeah. And you couldn't get up. You had top control. So, yeah, it was... That was odd. It was booked like someone who doesn't watch MMA. Yeah, because Kane's never been submitted. Well, no way. He got submitted by Fabricio Verdun. But that's Fabricio Verdun, not Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, guys. so I would have liked maybe a shenanigan or two in that one. But nonetheless, Kane taps. We won't see Kane. It doesn't look like for a month. Maybe he saves Ray Mysterio if he is healthy enough. Maybe Ray's getting his ass beat and Kane comes back out for uh, redemption. Who knows? Uh, there were other matches, the Battle Royals, some tag team things, nothing we have to really touch on. And then the final match, we have The Fiend versus Seth Rollins running it back. Red lights again, false count anywhere. There has to be a winner in this fight, not stopping. They will not stop this fight no matter what. I believe was the phrasing of it, and they didn't have to. The Fiend ate everything, including being thrown into Pyro. To simply give the mandible claw and beat Seth Rollins for the title. And we now have a SmackDown person as Universal Champion. This was, Red belt on the blue brand. This felt like a knee-jerk reaction 
that they had to put the title on The Fiend because it felt like it was trending towards Rollins finding a way to retain. But like I said, since they first booked the Hell in a Cell match, they were going to paint themselves into a corner, and they did. And what we got was a match that sucked. Anybody who watched that match and thought it was great, it felt like I was watching a game of WWE 2K20 where people were just spamming finishers and yeah. put, in, put in a cheat code for one guy to just continuously get up. Like, listen, he took like 20 curb stomps. Seth Rollins can't use a curb, curb stomp anymore. He took 20 curb stomps. Then he gets thrown into a vat of pyro, which looks stupid. And then he, he, he loses to the Mandible Claw. Like, at this point, nobody can beat The Fiend. Like, there's no move out there that can beat The Fiend. There's just not. And I don't know how you book this shit moving forward because the biggest issue is the bell has to ring. And the match just wasn't fun to watch. Like, I watched this shit like, this is stupid. It's dumb. They've ruined the character. I don't care that he's a champion. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't bother me so much with the character. Um, I mean, The Fiend is The Fiend. They didn't ruin him. If anything, they ruined Rollins. They didn't ruin him. I feel like The Fiend and Bray Wyatt was never going to be the best wrestler in ring. What he does for me is beyond the ring. Beyond having a title. So if they want to give him the title, cool. Undertaker has held the title before. He drops it, and he's cool as shit for three more years. Now you have to find a way that makes sense for him to drop the title, which does it become, you know, some other type of supernatural entity? Like, do we have Finn Balor coming back for revenge next year at SummerSlam as the demon? And you have Supernatural versus Supernatural. Do you have Brock Lesnar being the beast? Actually, the one that puts away this stuff. Do you have a buried alive match where he's technically not pinned? You just somehow find some shenanigans to throw a bunch of dirt on top of him. Lightning strikes and his hand comes up. Yeah. They've worked that before. That shit works. Undertaker yeah. wasn't pinned. He was so good that they had to use a tractor to push all this stuff on top of him. You win the match that way, and he still is about to pop out. See. Yeah, I mean, all those things sound cool in theory. I just, the matches suck. That's my yeah. problem is the match. Triple threat match. You get the belt off him in the triple threat. Yeah, I just don't want to watch him wrestle. Like, for this long, I just don't want to see him wrestle. Like, you've exposed him too much. Like, yeah, it would have been great. I don't want to see him wrestle either. Yeah, it's like, just, you should have had a bunch of squash matches to get here. Kind of like, I don't want to say, I'm not saying Bray Wyatt is as bad as the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior is a terrible wrestler. But you figured it out as the, as the longer the matches went, you were like, ugh, I don't want to watch this guy. So it's best to keep the matches short and sweet until WrestleMania uh, five, five, six, where he wrestled Hogan. And then it's like, well, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're at a point now where we got to put the title on him. But that was a, that was a long-ass build to get to that yeah. point. So in Wyatt's case, like, he's, he's, the matches suck. And everybody knows it. But don't put him in a match that's this long so quick. Work your way up. But alas, here we are. Um, but I will say this. Saudi Crown Jewel sucked, but it ended up giving us the best SmackDown since the move to Fox. And even beyond that, with the NXT invasion. Yes, the NXT invasion, uh, knock on wood so we don't jinx it. It's still ongoing. Oh, it's jinxed. But, go ahead. <laughs> but the WWE hasn't proven to handle invasions very well in the long term. This seems to be a short-term invasion. Only thing they got to do is not fuck it up for two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Please don't mess it up for two weeks. I, I, I thought it was handled really well on SmackDown. SmackDown did good ratings again and made everyone feel like a big deal from NXT. NXT went over everyone. Hopefully that brings more eyes to the NXT product on Wednesday. 
it felt a little more forced on Monday. Granted, they only had one spot, maybe two spots all night. It was more Triple H-centric on Monday Night Raw than it was about the actual people in NXT, which I didn't like too much. I don't mind them finishing it out on a brawl, though. And people who do mind it are hypocrites because AEW did that shit two weeks in a row to start off. And they're like, that's great. And then now WWE ends with a brawl on an invasion angle. It's like, oh, that sucked. That's horrible. Like, no, ended in a brawl. You know, you save a talent in AJ Styles from getting beat. Everyone brawls out of it. That's cool. It's more fitting for a go-home show, but they pulled the trigger early. We'll see what goes on. I expect, you know, of course, this to keep building, but I hope that SmackDown and Raw don't forget they're also battling each other. There it is. That's that's the one. That's what I've been waiting to say. Is like this NXT invasion is cool, but isn't Survivor Series also about Raw and SmackDown? So ultimately, at some point, it's got to be like the target can't be NXT because then it looks like main roster versus NXT. No, it has to be all shows against each other. And I think the best way to book this, and we'll talk about this more in the coming weeks with Survivor Series, is I, I know it's very predictable, but you can't have a sweep by any of these brands. Each brand has to win. Maybe Baszler wins, and maybe AJ Styles, like whatever. And obviously Brock is not. He's gonna end up fighting Rey Mysterio. But you can't think, crush Bailey though. Like no, you can't. She can't like, go over on the man. She can't tap the man. You're gonna have her tap Bailey this early. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm using Shane yeah. as an example. I'm Gosh, just. Yeah. But you, you, you just gotta. You can't have NXT come out super strong because then it makes it be like, well, why am I watching on SmackDown? You gotta be very careful with this, and I hope they're very cognizant that. People, the, all these brands need to come out of this looking strong. And the worst part about it is there's a fucking takeover the night before. So it's going to be very difficult to be like, yeah, these guys are competing in war games and now they're going <laughs> to beat up everybody on the main roster. So they got to figure this out. Not saying they can't, but I think that Raw, the SmackDown was very enjoyable. Just Vince, keep your hands off of that shit. It happened but by you know accident. He Here we are. I know. That's yeah. why I'm not, I'm not excited. I'm not too excited, but I did enjoy the hell out of SmackDown. I thought it was great. I thought it was good, too. Uh, real quick, previewing AEW Full Gear. Uh, we have StarCast this weekend, and, of course, it piggybacks on an AEW card. So this is the first AEW pay-per-view after the TV launch. Yeah. So they've actually had storylines built up, not on YouTube, but on television. They have a pretty good card going. We'll see, though. So far, six matches announced um, as we're recording this. We have Rio versus Emi Sakura yeah. for the t- title. All right. The women's division is hurt. It's, it's, I like seeing Big Swole on uh, this week on the dark match. They should probably sign her and Martinez. But even then, then what? You don't have any characters, as stupid as that sounds. But I need story. I need some reason to get invested. I'm not invested in any of these female talents. No, it's the, the equivalent of the tag team division on the, on WWE. It's weak. The women's, they're weak, but whatever. Hopefully this match is good, because that's all we're looking at. Uh, then we have Bea Priestley versus Britt Breaker. Again. Just their normal feud. Uh, the dentist versus the asshole character. Britt Baker just being a dentist, to me, that needs a reboot. I get uh, it, but I don't get it. She's not an evil dentist. She's a friendly dentist. I don't, I don't like that. Give me a dentist in the face. I don't like dentists. Yeah, I'm not a um, I don't know. I'm not a big on Britt Baker. I know they're trying to put her over, but it feels like the Dark Order. I, I just I don't care. Anyway. And then 
Adam Page versus Pac, that should be really good. And they actually make sense. This has been a long time in the making, I believe, since that Vegas card. Yeah. Double or nothing, uh, where Pac didn't get his visa and then it took forever. So we finally get the match. Adam Page, if he gives us what he gave us in New Japan towards the end and ROH towards the end, this should be a phenomenal match. And then it should hopefully... And I don't know where either of these guys go, though. Pac's a villain, like, unless Cody wins and Pac is next up. It's weird, but good match, and we'll see what feud it takes him into. Yeah, and for the record, I think it's Pac and not Pac. Oh, is it? Yeah, but uh, I think if – I think Pac's going to go over because I just think he's – I think they're going to blur the lines between, like, heels and faces when it comes to the title. Like, whoever has the title is going to face whoever's the number one contender based on wins and losses. And hopefully that's the route they go. Because, clearly, he's already beat Kenny Omega. I think he should be up there. And if it's against who I think is going to win the title match, I think it makes sense. But I'm going to go with that. I think it should be an exceptional match. Then we have, as the doorbell rings here, I guess uh, my Uber is not far off. And then we have Young Bucks versus LAX. Uh, the Barking Dog wins. Um, I'm going to actually yeah. pick Santana Ortiz, I think, should go over. I mean, the Bucks, listen, guys, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, they're not winning. They shouldn't. Let these guys go over. Let, let Santana Ortiz establish themselves because I don't give a shit what anybody says. When we get to, like, a TLC type of match with the Young Bucks, Santana Ortiz, and Lucha Bros, woof. Oh, that's it. That's what we got. Match of the year. Just chalk yeah. it up. We got to get there. So I, I need Santana Ortiz to go over and continue to establish themselves. I think so. I think the Young Bucks know they don't need to win now, much like Kenny Omega. When they decide to win, they'll go on a crazy winning streak to justify them getting a title shot. They yeah. don't have to do that now. You know, lose for a little while, become angsty, say I'm tired of this shit, and then go on a streak. So I have LAX winning in what should be a really good match and beyond just the spot fest, I, I think this is a match people wanted to see for a long time when LAX was in Impact. So here it is for the people who love tag team wrestling. Enjoy. And then, of course, we have Cody versus Jericho. Hey, man. The build has been really good. I don't, great build. I don't expect much in-ring. I think, um, I think yeah. this match is going to be mediocre. But we know how I feel about Cody in-ring. But the build is, what, is what's made it. Jericho has been gold. The I have a ticket was hilarious. And I I think these guys made it feel like a real feud. And Cody is one of the most over baby faces in all of professional wrestling, which today is not easy. Heels get cheered way more than baby faces. Cody proves that you can still be a wildly over baby face to your audience. And Jericho, also on that opposite end, he's a true heel. Definitely, and for those reasons is why Jericho absolutely has to go over because that the, there's money in the chase, and, and it, the chase is even further established if Jericho goes over on Cody. If there's, I mean, they have the judges and all this other shit, but I think Jericho just needs to go over clean, and uh, even with some kind of shenanigans in some way, but he needs to win this match to retain the title because Jericho without the title is not as valuable as Jericho with the title right now. Exactly. There's no reason to have uh, Hager, Hager, what a jacket. You fuck it, Swagger, Jack Swagger, or Jake Hager, whatever the hell you want to call him. There's no reason to have him if he's not playing the Big Daddy Cool Diesel role of just winning you all of these matches. 
Yeah, I mean, you could be dastardly, do whatever you want, but keep the title on Jericho. Cody's going to be on fire no matter what. Apparently, we're at some point, the MJF heel turn is going to happen. And when it happens, I think it's going to be maybe when we truly least expect it, even though we all expect it to come. But there's a lot of things you can do with Cody. Jericho, on the other hand, him turning back numerous guys, big name guys, is the best way to establish that title. I agree. And then we have the non-sanctioned match, which it's starting to feel like non-sanctioned is kind of a crutch. Because wins and losses do matter. I like how Moxley paid it off. Like, yo, you, I'm facing one of the best wrestlers in the world, and you're telling me that this doesn't count for my win-loss record? What kind of dumb shit is that? So I like his spin on it and being upset that it was non-sanctioned. Tony Khan being a character a little bit was weird and cheesy. He is no Vince McMahon. <laughs> he, is no, uh, he is no Triple H on the mic. He didn't have that presence. It, it seemed like a little weird. And now anything goes, which is pretty much the same as every Moxley match. So instead of having Moxley actually have to put in a gem against Kenny Omega and wrestle a real wrestling match against the, one of the best in the world, we can have a glorified street match, which Moxley's comfortable in and, to me, dumbs down Kenny Omega. Oh, so, uh, yeah, there's two ways to look at this because uh... – I think because Jericho and Kenny Omega had such a great um, street fight at Wrestle Kingdom, I think we can duplicate the same here. But I think that hopefully this, the reason for this being non-sanctioned is there's something is going to happen that's going to have some kind of payoff. Because on one hand, I, I totally want to see Moxley just destroy Kenny Omega and continue people questioning, is Kenny Omega the best in the world because he's not winning? Yes, that's what you do. You lose some fucking matches and build them back up. Um but on the other hand, it's just like, well, what are we angling towards with this not counting for anything? So I'm picking Moxley to win uh, because it's not sanctioned. And then him having real beef, like I can win matches and then him putting him into real matches. But we'll see. I hope there's some kind of long term plan. This isn't a crutch, but we will see. Yeah, I, I don't know how it factors in. To me, it being non-sanctioned only helps the Kenny Omega storyline because he pulls the upset and Moxley's like, so what? It doesn't count. It's possible. Like, you beat me, but it's not on my record. Like, beat me in a real match, and then you run it back in a match that actually counts later. So that's the only way I can think this goes. Maybe they want to extend this feud to the next pay-per-view. I, I don't know. So we'll see. It should be a decent enough match. Probably above average because it's Kenny Omega. But we just saw this with him and Janela. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Is it going to be better than that? Like, is this version of Moxie that much better than Janela, who almost killed himself in that match? So, I, I just don't know why you would do it again two weeks later when we saw this on AEW Dark, and it was incredible. So, a lot to live up to. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, someone at the door for me. You are in L.A. preparing for what might be the zone's biggest fight of the year, Logan Paul and KSI. So, we are busy. We want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys check out that special episode as well with Con with Conrad that we dropped earlier this week. Check that out. He dropped some jewels in there. Another wrestling with stereotypes hopefully is in the plans for the future. So that is going to be amazing. Other big news also coming here in the near future for the Corner Podcast. We appreciate all of you guys. Follow us on social media at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. I think I covered everything. Damn, this outro got long. 
Dre, go get you a chicken sandwich, man. You enjoy it. Stand in the line. Be a normal-ass person. You guys, talk, talk to you next week. We're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.